you're doing it. You're making a digital transformation happen. You've researched the tools, you've studied the business and its needs, and you are ready to get this done. But there's just one small issue you've got to deal with first. How are you going to get your coworkers on board? Look, sometimes the biggest hurdle that team leaders face when it comes to digitalization efforts, it's not the technology, it's not the intricacies of the business, honestly, it's not even regulatory issues sometimes. It's changing the culture of the team and the organization to make digital transformations seem like a viable option. This is especially true in financial services, where those other issues, your regulations, your legacy hardware, your web of interwoven processes, create an atmosphere where change happens incredibly slowly. So if you're proposing adoption of a digital solution such as Salesforce for your team, you're going to have to figure out how to fight that inertia. This is Transformation at Work, a podcast about real stories of digital transformation and Salesforce success without all the buzzwords. The show is brought to you by Jarrett, a summit-level Salesforce consulting and implementation partner and solutions provider. And I am Jeff Stormer, your host as always. This episode, we're talking about what happens when business culture blocks change and how team leaders can address concerns, overcome resistance, and move the needle on digital transformation efforts. Our guest this week is Angela Colston, Jarrett's Senior Director of Industry Solutions for Financial Services. Angela has been in the Salesforce ecosystem for close to 18 years. So she's seen firsthand how teams react to digital transformation efforts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. She has a passion for building teams and building solutions, which is exactly the kind of perspective that we want to dive into this topic and understand how team leaders can bring people together, not just to transform the technology that a company uses, but the culture of the organization as a whole. We begin our conversation by breaking down a few of the common objections people might raise to a proposed digital transformation so that you can know what to expect before you start having conversations with your team. Yeah, I think that there's, you know, some misconception about, you know, total cost of ownership. I think that there's certain elements that come to light as you go through the process um, around operating costs, the impact to your current technology infrastructure, taking on other assets that you probably didn't even think of that would surface during all these discussions, such as like middleware licensing and such. The other thing is time to value. So sometimes you know, you go through a process and you see the different things that are available and things that you want to include. And, you know, also um, taking into consideration some of the compliance components within that that element, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, the, you know, you also have to consider the disruption to the business, not only internally, but to your customers. So those are some of the things that um, definitely come up and become you know, objections at, you know, once you start getting involved in the process. That's a really great list. That's a really great answer. And if I am a team leader really pushing for a digital transformation in my organization, I think having that list in front of me is a really, really valuable step. Because once you can kind of envision what people are going to say, how people might object, you can really start to plan for how you can respond and how you can 
address people's concerns up front, which very naturally brings us to our next question, which is, once I have this list of objections in front of me, how can I not only address them, but address them proactively before our conversations even begin? You know, some of the things that I see are, you know, having your company objectives clearly defined that, you know, include goals, metrics, targets, and a change management strategy. So I think that those are some of the things that um, are going to get you, you know, 90% of the way there, um, because as long as you have those, you know, components in place, you know, something that you could uh, present back to uh, your stakeholders. The other is having a COE in place. And if you don't have a proper COE in place, also look at, you know, uh, looking at what your implementation team looks like and have that defined. And that usually includes, you know, not only your business, but also your IT team. Let's unpack the concept of a COE for a moment. Break down the buzzword a little, because if you're a manager pushing for a digital transformation in your organization, it is a super valuable concept to understand that your business, your organization, your team might not already have, but that is super important as you start to have these conversations so that you can push for adoption and deployment and ultimately a successful rollout of this new tool or solution or what have you. A COE, a center of excellence, is the person or team in charge of owning and knowing and deploying and training on and understanding a given tool set or solution set or platform or field or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They are your experts. They are your brain trust. They are your people at the heart of this technology. Now, if you are a team leader pushing for this digital transformation, if you are listening to this podcast episode and you're thinking that your organization is going to offer some resistance to the idea, I'm guessing at the moment your COE is you. But as Angela pointed out, there are a few opportunities for you to build out a team to help make that digital transformation reality, to build out your own COE. That is, A, as Angela mentioned, your implementation team, your IT department, your deployment team, the people in charge at a high level of making new technology happen, even if they're not necessarily on board with the current digital tool set that you're advocating for, bringing them on early, having those conversations early with them, it expands the number of people that are excited about what you're what you're fighting for. It helps build momentum. And as conversations continue, it gives reticent or resistant team members a reliable source they can turn to to address concerns, answer questions, makes the entire process smoother. And B, that's a space where a qualified technology partner can step in and act as that COE for you. They can manage training and deployment and implementation. If that is a gap in your organization or your team, that's a gap that a consulting partner can fill really, really easily. Now, for more on technology partners, system integrators, on the role that they can play for your organization, not just during the deployment and implementation phase, but as these sorts of culture shift conversations are happening, let's throw it back over to Angela. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, you want to partner up with an SI that's going to help you define a go-to-market strategy if some, if that's something that you don't ha- already have in place, because this is something that you want to take back to your leadership, right? And to have those tough conversations with leadership to also be your champions. They're going to want to see, you know, an ROI and also your roadmap and what, some of those things that you're looking for as part of your implementation. It's important that you're able to clearly articulate the, you know, the business outcomes and then also 
look at, you know, risk mitigation. One thing that is sometimes left out is that change management plan, right? I think if, you know, the, the worst thing is, is to stand up a tool and then you don't have the adoption and it's just something that ends up sitting on the shelf, right? So those are all things that I would consider as, you know, it's really important to have when you're going through this process. Now, uh, as we think about the change management plan, right, you've mentioned that a few times. I think it's really important to dig into that a little bit further. What are a few things that as a technology partner, what are some things you would want to see addressed in the change management plan to ensure, like I said, that that, that transformation goes off without a hitch? There's a couple of things that you want to consider, right? There's companies that are, they already have a training department. And so those are the individuals that we want to leverage and to be able to have the proper communications, the proper content, and then how you're going to deliver that content, right? Because if you have multiple locations, thousands of employees, that's a totally different approach than if you were to look at a smaller entity that may have maybe just, you know, a dozen locations and a hundred employees that you're going through and syndicate a lot of that uh, training material. So, you know, understanding how people consume information and also learn, um, those are things that we want to take into consideration as well, because you want to be able to have the ability to, whether if it's, you know, webinars or in-class training or you know, providing those quick, you know, those quick reference guides that they they could always go back to refer to, or you know, then there's other ways of doing things as well. As far as you know, having those business owners take ownership over some of those training, and those people become your champions, and so you do have some people that will syndicate and be there to also help for that training. So these are all things that um, will help you know, drive that syndication across the organization. And so that's going to help your adoption. And it's going to help, you know, be able to capture those data points that you're looking for and uh, be able to report on. So those are some of the things that I see that um, are important, you know, you know, to bring to bear. So, and, and I think that, you know, the companies will thrive. You made a really great point, which not only relates to change management plans, but kind of to what we're talking about on the whole, which is if you were a team leader pushing for this digital transformation and you are trying to shift the culture to where it can embrace this new solution, you kind of have to know the business and the people really, really well to do that, right? Like you have to know where their passion points are, where their pain points are, what they have an attachment to, what they are resistant to understanding all of that is going to give you the tools to address this new solution as something that it's really favorable to your team and that really addresses their needs. And if you don't, you're kind of strong arming something through that you don't know if your team even wants. And now speaking of knowing the organization, that brings us to another uh, big question. And that is, uh, I think, no, no manager's favorite question when, when considering a digital transformation or considering any kind of a change and that is uh, the dreaded question of how do I bring the C-suite on board? Convincing the C-level to make a change in the organization is always a challenge. 
Uh, do you have any tips in particular for team leaders looking to bring their executives on board with uh, kickstarting a digital transformation and bringing on a tool such as Salesforce? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I called this out a little bit earlier, and I think that the the biggest thing is really to have a go-to-market strategy and make sure you select that the partner that's thinking about the right thing to do for your company, not what, you know... Um, maybe selling, you know, product or selling specific services. I think that the one thing that you want to find is uh, having that partner that is going to be there uh, lockstep with you from the, from the beginning to the end, right. Um, And helping you define some of those things that, that are important, not only to, you know, the end users, but also the C-level team. So I think that having the go-to-market strategy, including an ROI, identifying what that roadmap is going to look like. Um, And then, you know, also including a risk management plan as well. The two halves of the equation that I think it really speaks to is, again, know your business and know the people, but also know the solution or bring on a partner that knows the solution and can confidently fit the solution and its implementation and its particular deployment to your team and its needs. Because having that confidence of we have on board uh, this technology partner that can guide us through this and that knows the risks even better than we do and has done this a million times with organizations that match ours is tremendously a valuable thing. Absolutely. Now, the other half of knowing your team, of knowing the business, of knowing its people is like you said a few times, like thinking about the the people on your team, your employees and their needs. The thing about that is that employees are very likely to have a tremendous amount of investment in the tools and the processes that they already rely on. These are my toys. This is my toy box. Why are you trying to take it from me? How do you bring on those particular employees on board with the idea of digital transformation while respecting and incorporating that investment that they have because that investment is a potentially incredibly powerful thing if you can bring them onto the project in an enthusiastic way that is a a huge source of cheerleading how do you bring those employees on board while respecting and incorporating that investment into the process yeah i always um say that you know when you go through this process you want to make sure that you have the right people in the room at the right time and bringing in those business owners to be part of the process, right? So if you have somebody that's representing, you know, your your sales arm versus your service team, um, having somebody that's going to be there to speak on behalf of the rest of the team is important. But what I really like to see is, you know, when you have, you know, individuals that are skeptics or detractors, right? Those are the people that you want in the room. And the reason why I say that is because those are the individuals that will dig deep and challenge you. And these individuals, you know, will end up becoming your champions and syndicate the change as you're going through the process. I always say that, you know, if you have some of those people that are going to push and push and push and challenge you is those are the people that are going to end up on an island, but you also want to say, defend your island, right? Tell me why. And um, if you start digging into the why, you'll start to understand where that anxiety is coming from. And as long as you talk it through and provide a solution to them and go through those iterations with them to ensure that you are thinking about them and you are including those solutions to support their day-to-day processes, you will win them over eventually. 
Yeah, that's a, you've made a really great point. And I think the other half of that that's really valuable hearing you hearing you break that down is, you know, the people that are already enthusiastically on board, they're going to be enthusiastically on board after you've gone through that process. By putting in that work, by, like you said, digging into the why, you're really able to, to say, look how much better the finished product is, look how much better our final implementation is, so that the people who were already excited about the prospect are that much more excited because they're getting an even better tool, an even better solution that it's fitting even better into their lives. And the people that were skeptics feel, like you said, included and you know their their time and investment is respected. And I think that is... It's a win for everybody is really the best way to put it. Yeah, 100%. Thinking about transformation efforts, you know, I think that we've all been on teams, we've all worked in positions, we've all worked for organizations that have tried to make big change happen, and it's gone over like a lead balloon. How do you recommend that I change my approach to ensure that this time, that this particular transformation is successful? keeping in mind that my organization has shot down that idea of a digital solution in the past. Yeah, I think that there's a couple things, right? So if you're a team leader and you're you're driving for this change, I think there there's a couple things that come to mind as far as going going to leadership to get this approved or you know to make sure that it's that you're driving the right messaging because there there could be items that would have to be included as part of your messaging to leadership around, are we chasing just a a shiny object, right? Mm -hmm. And and they just don't understand the value. They, you know, it could be that, you know, do we have the right resources in place to take this on? Do we have other competing projects, right? So these are all common reasons that you'll get pushback and just being able to get, you know, ahead of those things and, you know, be be prepared for those types of questions. I think those are the things that you want to take a look at um, in, when you're driving any change or, you know, looking at any tools. I think that you made a really great point. And I think that that distinction between we're chasing this idea because it's a shiny object and we're chasing this idea because it has real tangible value is really a vital step to take for people, whether or not their organization has has shot down similar adoption efforts in the past, because that's going to be where you're going to really kind of find answers to all of those other questions. And I think that is a truly essential step to take. Yeah, for sure. And now our final question uh, is, as we, as we think about this process, right, as we think about, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, how do you see a qualified technology partner such as Jarrett uh, fitting into the question of how to help drive excitement and adoption for a digital solution among employees uh, that might potentially be hesitant to the entire idea of digital transformation? When you're, when you're thinking about digital transformation, it's not only thinking about the customer's customer, Right. Um, because you're you're wanting to make sure that if you're going to make the investment, you are providing that experience for their customers. The other thing is is around from a Jarrett's perspective, bringing that trusted advisor and industry expertise, um, as well as like you know the thought leadership and in, in change you know and change management, right? Having that plan. So that it's it's tailored just for them. But above all, I think it's really important for the people, everyone involved in this project, 
um, to have fun and to celebrate, because I think that those are some of the things that build that kinship between the partner and the customer. Um, and I, you know, I feel like those are some of the things that you want to be able to enjoy at the end. And, you know, it's, it's a, a really good feeling, you know, to accomplish something that, that you see that your customers are going to take something like this and see, you know, great outcomes. That's a really great point that honestly, I feel like often gets overlooked. I know that from experience, I've worked in a lot of organizations and I've seen a lot of rollouts, be they platform rollouts, product rollouts, feature rollouts, where all the work got done to make the thing happen. We hit the big red button. Everything went off without a hitch. And before we even got a moment to catch our breath, everyone in the organization said, all right, on to the next hurdle. And you lose that opportunity to say, hey, we cleared a hurdle today. Having an outside partner who can step in and say, hey, you cleared that hurdle today is a really valuable check to have in place because otherwise that is something that could easily be missed just by the sort of fixing the car while the car is driving nature of digital transformation and rolling out new digital solutions and all that jazz. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we wrap up, any closing thoughts for managers looking to uh, make digital transformation happen in their organizations? I think it's important for you know companies to have that vision, have the right partner, and to make that vision a reality. Um, it, it, it's it's something that you know I feel uh, very passionate about. That you know, um, as myself being a you know a solution or having that solution engineer background, um, I love to see the solutions that I bring to the table become reality and and really you know help the business and help you know, um, the customer's customer, you know, enjoy utilizing a tool that I've kind of put thought into. An unfortunate truth of the business world is that for a lot of employees at all levels of an organization, they simply don't like change. And because of that, we've all seen really exciting projects with huge potential fall short of expectations simply because they ran up against inertia. So if you're proposing a major shift in how your employees, how your coworkers are doing their jobs, you're gonna get pushback and sometimes you're going to have a fight ahead of you. But it is possible to make that change. You just have to know your people, know the business and know the technology or bring on a technology partner who can walk you through that technology. Do that, and you can make amazing things happen through digital transformation. This has been Transformation at Work. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Angela Colston for her insights on this episode. Transformation at Work is, as always, produced by Jarrett in collaboration with Salesforce. I am Jeff Stormer, your host and producer. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.